hey, hey, it's your girl, Anika, coming to you straight from the principal's office. Hey, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to share with you guys to be back for our official second episode, um, our second week. Last week, we talked about the principle of sowing and reaping, and um, I promised that I would come back and share my experience after having, you know, done some of the principles that we talked about um, and just, you know, what I experienced and what I went through because I did challenge you guys out there to do some sewing of your own. And, you know, I wanted some feedback. I trust that you did, even if you didn't give any feedback, but I just hope that you did. I know that it felt good. It's just satisfaction um, that you feel when you actually, you know, give and you share and you do something just out of the kindness of your heart. But then it's always great to know that you can expect a harvest as we talked about last week. If you haven't heard episode one, the principle of reaping and sowing and exploring that and I'll deep dive into that and I'll real talk about that. Check it out. It's still there available for you to listen to. And of course, it's on all of your um, favorite podcast platforms. So Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, name it. It's there. And then of course, Anchor. So, all right, first, let me get into this. Excuse me. Um, So I actually reaped a harvest last week from a seed that I planted previously. And it was so clear that I was reaping a harvest um, from a seed that I planted. And so I knew that God was intentionally showing me, me this and showing me his principle in action. So a little background, um, probably about three weeks ago, a co-worker of mine, a colleague of mine, we actually do the same thing. Guys, I told you that professionally, I am a corporate trainer, um, training specialist, whatever you want to call me. And one of my colleagues, another trainer, we were communicating with each other via text message in regards to a upcoming class. Um, and we both were kind of heading to work. And so he expressed some frustration, um, about something going on. And I was like, are you okay? And he was like, no, I'm actually not okay. I'm frustrated, you know, and kind of went into what was going on. And, you know, I simply texted him back and I was like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Just breathe a minute. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't even think about anything. Just breathe for a minute and know that it's going to be okay. And that's what I texted him. And he was like, okay, you know, and that was that. And I know how it is. Sometimes when you're in that space, you know, you don't want to hear an encouraging word. You don't want to hear nobody tell you it's going to be all right because it doesn't look like it to you. It doesn't feel like it to you. And so sometimes you're just like, yeah, okay, of course, right? That's the right thing to say. But it doesn't necessarily penetrate you at that moment. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But I did sow those words of encouragement to him anyway. So, um, you know, we got to work and, and day, the day was, you know, business as usual. He was okay. And we got through the day and all was well. 
So fast forward to um, last week um, for me, and I was having one of those days. And, um, you know, I didn't even think about it when I was sharing what was going on and why I was a little disappointed, you know, um, because it was something I was dealing with. And I think I talked about it with you guys last week, but just my car trouble. And there was something going on that was annoying me a little bit, but I was like, okay, it's not that bad. But it had got into a different place where now, forget annoying, it's actually, you know, frustrating. And that's a whole nother level. That's a whole different feeling. Okay. I'm sure you understand. So I was just like, you know, at this point, I'm just frustrated. And it's very frustrating to have to be faced with this every day or every morning. So he said to me, he said, well, what can I do? You know, what, what do you need? And so I actually look at this, get this. I needed a jump, right? I needed a jump to get my truck going. And so he said, oh, I'm on the way. So not only did he come and give me a jump, my car jump, but he gave my spirit a jump. He said to me, he said, you know what? This wise person said to me, maybe about three weeks ago, to just stop and breathe and not to even think about it. He said, well, I'm gonna tell you the same thing. It's gonna be okay. It is okay. And just breathe. Don't even think about it. Just know that it's gonna be okay. And when I heard those words back to me, then it came back to my remembrance that I had shared those words with him. And um, I didn't even think about it. And I was just like, wow. And so, like I was saying, you don't know how your words impact someone at that time. At the time when I said it to him, he wasn't like, oh, thanks. That's just what I needed. And da, 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 da. he didn't say all of that. He was just like, okay. Right. And we went on about our day. However, the seed did exactly what it was supposed to do. It penetrated and it changed the way that he was feeling. And so I sold that. I sold those words of encouragement. Remember we talked about sowing your time, talent, and your treasures. And our words, our words that should be, you know, good. um, And every word should be a gift that comes out of our mouths. Those are our treasures. When you can find the words to say to someone at the right time, that is a treasure. And so... I didn't know how it, you know, penetrated him at that time, but evidently it did for three weeks later, him to be willing to help me in any way that he could. And then furthermore, provide me words of encouragement. Remember, God gives seed to the sower. So I was the sower three weeks ago and he gave me more seed and I reaped the harvest right now. What I'm doing with you all and out here into the podcast world is I am planting seeds. I'm watering some seeds that have already been planted because that's what each and every one of us do. We we plant seeds. Some of us plant, some of us water, but God gets the increase when it's all said and done. He gives the increase. And so I've reaped the harvest in my time of need because of the seed that I planted. And so I just simply smiled when I heard those words said back to me. And he shared with me, he said, you know, I told my wife 
about that day, you know, over dinner that night. I told her what you said to me um, when I was frustrated and how I was feeling and how it impacted me. He didn't tell me, but he told his wife, you know, and if you if you remember those of you who listened last week and are here with me again this week, I talked about that sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping being a continual, a continual circle, just constant, right? Um, when we actually live our lives that way underneath that principle. And so when he shared that with his wife, it blessed her, you know, and who knows what she did the next day when she went to work, right? Or even later that night, who she picked up the phone and called because she was inspired by my kindness and and the words that I shared with her husband when he was frustrated, you know? So I don't know, but it's not even for me to know. But I do know that the principle of sowing and reaping is real. And I do know how it works. And I do know that what God says about it is so, and it is true. So. I still would love to hear anyone's testimony or experience or anything like that about um, sowing and reaping. So send me the messages, send me the messages. But today and this week, guys, we have a new principle to explore. All right. Can we get excited about that? I'm super excited. Now, let me tell you something. This one is a doozy. Okay. This is something again, just like last week, where it's something that we're probably already practicing, right? Some of us are finding it a little more difficult than others. Some of us, maybe we're pros at it. Nonetheless, it is a principle that if we're not, we have to, have to, have to, it is critical that we start applying it to our lives. So, What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about forgiveness, forgiveness, the principle of forgiveness in your life, the principle of forgiveness. And I'm going to add something, forgiveness operating in your life, because when we forgive, there's an operation that takes place in our lives when we choose to forgive. And we're going to look at that. So, you know, I always have some scriptures that we will take a look at during our exploration and our sharing of the T3s, truth, transparency, and thoughts, right? So we're going to share. I will give you all the scriptures right now, and then we'll go into the scriptures as we go through. So, I will be coming from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 25 through 26, as well as the book of Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 12. We will also be taking a look at the scriptures. Let me see. We're going to look at Ephesians 4. And 32, we're going to look at Colossians 3 and 13. And I think I said, well, I said Matthew 6 and 12. We'll probably look at Matthew 6 and 12 through like 15. Okay. And you know, that's subject to change. But Mark, Matthew, Ephesians, Colossians, um, those are the books that we'll be in today. So I give it all up front and then I'll repeat them again as we read them. So let's get into it. 
let's get into it. So we're going to start by getting into Mark. Um, we'll be in the book of Mark and let's go to chapter 11. So I'm going to start, I'm, I'm probably actually going to start at 24. Okay. Mark 11, 24. And I shared with you guys before, I tend to read from the New Living Translation, but I will switch over to King James, New King James, might get a little amplified in there, even some message, if it's real, real good from the message and it breaks it down better than I can. So this is from NLT. Okay. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. 25. But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Whew. That's heavy, 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 heavy. As um, the, you know, father, well, we call him, we call him Daddy Davilar at our church says, um, heavy, 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 you know, when the real word comes across there, but why is that so heavy? So here it is instructions on, you know, kind of what you need to do before you start praying, right? We all know prayer is good. We all know prayer works. We all know that prayer is our time when we're talking to, um, God, you know, you're talking to your higher power, however you call him by name. And, you know, you are making requests. You are putting forth petitions, you know, from your heart. And so the scripture tells us that, yeah, that's awesome. Go ahead and pray anything. If you believe that you received it, it's going to be yours. You're going to have it. It's going to come to pass as long as you believe that you've already received it when you ask for it, right? That's that faith. Okay. It said, but when you are praying, this is what I need you to do. First, you have to forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against. This is important because if you forgive someone you're holding a grudge against, guess what? The father in heaven is going to forgive your sins too. And that needs to happen before he starts releasing things unto you. All right. You don't ask God for anything. If you're presently holding unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, you have to choose to forgive. Even if you just chose to forgive in that very moment, right? You had it forgiven previously before you were about to pray. The thing is that even if in that moment you say, you know what, from right here, from this moment, I choose to forgive that person because I haven't already. I forgive them. If you do that before you pray, then your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You know, and that's important because... If you are still in sin, if you haven't been forgiven for your sins by the father, then he's a little reluctant to hear you. Your prayers are going to fall on deaf ears. They just are. The word tells us that his ears are open to the righteous and righteous 
is just a word that basically means right standing with God, meaning we're not an enemy of God. You know, he's not closed off to us because we're still in sin. Um, but no, we have been restored. We have been redeemed through our relationship and our acceptance of Christ. And so we're good. We're good with God. And so he's like, okay, what's up? What you got? What you need me to do? Right. But when we're not good with him, because we have not been forgiven for our sins, because we haven't asked for forgiveness, or we haven't accepted the free gift of salvation that Jesus has already paid for, then he don't got time to hear from us because he got plenty of people who have asked for forgiveness, who have been forgiven of their sins. They've been redeemed, who are praying to him. And that's who his ears are open to. I'm just saying, don't shoot the messenger, okay? So, 26 tells you why you have to forgive first. You have to be forgiven. That's why you have to forgive. You cannot be blessed by God. Okay, you cannot be blessed by God. Your petitions will not be answered. Your prayers will not be answered if you have not been forgiven. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you are holding unforgiveness in your heart, you have chosen not to forgive someone that you have a grudge against, someone that has betrayed you, someone that has offended you, and there's all a whole list, then you have not been forgiven by the Father as of yet, right? But there's good news. There's good news. There's a way to take care of this. There's a way to take care of this, all right? Um, because I want to tell you this too, and we'll talk about it later, but I want you to hold on to this. Forgiveness is not for them. It's not for the other person. It's not for, you know, the one that has wronged you or the one that you hold in a grudge against or the one that's offended you or the one that betrayed you. It's not for them. It's for you. So it's good news. If we grab a hold of this, then we're going to be straight. Okay. Now it's not just people guys. It's not just people. Let me tell you that there are some other things that <laughs> we want to be forgiven. I don't know, but I'm, I'll speak for myself. Um, what about debt? And so I'm going to talk about debt in the natural for a minute. So We have all kinds of debt, right? Some call it allowable debt or permissible debt or just debt of irresponsibility, okay? Mortgages, student loans, credit card debt. Maybe you borrow money from someone and you still owe them. A loan, a line of credit. There's all kinds of debt, right? And that's mainly financial debt that I just described. I want you to understand that our sins, the sins that passed on to us, okay, that passed on to everybody, even before you knew how to sin, sin had passed on to you. Um, but no man is without sin, okay, that, walk, that walks this earth. The only one that was is Jesus. When he walked the earth, he was without sin. But 
we had a debt sin. We had a sin of debt. Uh, well, we had a debt of sin. I'm sorry. Of the world had it really that basically could not be paid. It cannot be paid. There was there was no way to repay it that we could repay it. It only could be paid with a sacrificial lamb. Okay, we know the story. We know Jesus is that sacrificial lamb. So that was a debt that was that was paid by someone else. So I had a sin debt. You had a sin debt. He had a sin debt. She had a sin debt. You had a sin debt. Everybody had a sin debt. Okay. I just thought about Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Everybody get a car. Okay. We all had it. But guess what? None of us had the means to pay it off. So we know the gospel, guys. God sent his son. Jesus paid it for us. And we were forgiven. We were forgiven of that debt. Okay. We were forgiven of that debt. So who wants some debt to be forgiven? Now, we, we all are thankful for that debt being forgiven. Jesus paid it all, all, and he paid it all for us, right? But how about this debt in the natural that we have? I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I know that I could stand to have some of that forgiven, Okay. I could definitely stand to have some of that forgiven. So I want to look at our next scripture, which is Matthew 6 and 12. I, I don't think anybody would disagree that if some of this credit card debt could just be forgiven, that we ran up, you know, maybe in our college years. I remember when I was in college Literally, the credit card companies would have tables set out, set up in front of the school, like the steps that you walk into to go to my school. And it was like, you know, I really just wanted the free umbrella or the free mug or whatever they was giving away at the table. And I'm just signing up for credit cards like <laughs> like I just didn't have any sense. Um, and that's another story. But the fact of the matter is, is that I got myself into some trouble earlier on because of it. And I thank God that, you know, I got out of that, those credit cards and stuff that um, I signed up for back then when I was a lot younger. But I'm pretty sure we can all relate that we would not mind for um, some of our debts to be forgiven. So... Matthew 6 and 12. And this I'm going to get out of, um, I want to say, I'm going to get it out of the New King James. Just because this translation actually uses the word debt. But in the Bible, you will see... Let's see. You will actually see debt and sin as, you know, kind of um, simultaneous because, as I just shared, you know, we were we, we had a sin debt. OK, the world had a sin debt, period. So 
different translations will use the word sin and then others will use debt. All right, so just give me a second. I don't know why. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Y'all don't want to hear me humming. Yeah, I really don't. Okay, so I'm having a little technical difficulties here. I apologize. I'm not sure why this is poison and taking so long. But, okay, so Matthew 6 in the New King James, it just reads, and, and listen, this is the, um, it's pretty much the prayer that a lot of, uh, a lot of us are familiar with, where it tells us how to pray, like our Father who art in heaven, you know, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Many people are familiar with this prayer. But in 12, um, Matthew 6, verse 12, it says, And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who, as we have for forgiven those debtors against us. As we have forgiven those debtors against us. Hmm. Have we though? Have we? That is the question. So what I'm asking is this. Yes. Raise your hand if you want to have some debt forgiven in your life. Me, me, student loans. Oh, a car note. Okay. So ask yourself that question. And I'm sure you have a debt that you would love to be forgiven. But the question you really have to ask yourself is how many debtors unto you have you forgiven? How many people that owed you something have you forgiven them the debt? Has someone owed you money? And it was clear that, you know, they were having a hard time repaying it. But you didn't have any mercy. You were just like, listen, you know, you asked to borrow it. It was a loan. You said you would pay it back. And that's what you need to do. So you just couldn't find it within yourself to just forgive the debt. You know, you you had to get it back. And listen, I'm not judging anybody at all. Um, because the fact is that you're not wrong <laughs> for expecting your money back if that was the agreement, right? But, or... Have you, have you forgiven a debt, you know, that someone owed you or have you given up your right to repay someone for how they've treated you? Okay. Someone betrayed you. Someone took something from you and they owe you or we feel like they owe us. Okay. And instead of us getting back at them we chose to forgive so how many debts unto us have we forgiven now when you ask yourself that question understand that if it, the answer is none then we cannot expect any of our debts to be forgiven just cancel it it's a wrap it's not gonna happen 
But if you can say that you have, then guess what? That comes back to the principle of reaping and sowing. But the principle of forgiveness works the same way. We forgive so that we can be forgiven. So I want to be clear now. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea because if someone owes money and they borrow something or anything, then they have to repay it and they should have to repay it. So I'm absolutely not saying that they should not have to repay it. Absolutely not. Because guess what? That's also a biblical principle um, in, of which is to not be in debt. The word tells us that the the borrower is slave to the lender. Okay? So the person in debt is slave to the person that they owe. Um, and what that means, until you pay your debt, I can have my way with you. Okay? That's the that's the amplified version. That's the Anika amplified version. Because that's what a slave is, right? A slave does exactly what their master says. So if you owe somebody, they're your master until you repay. Okay. And so, you know, the Bible speaks about debt being a curse. And so you're out of order if you borrow and you don't repay, y'all. You are out of order. I'm out of order. He's out of order. She's out of order. We're all out of order. <laughs> if we borrow and do not repay. And I listen, I'm sorry, but again, don't shoot the messenger. That's credit cards, guys. We apply for credit cards. We get credit limits, $500, $1,500, $5,000 credit limits, $300 credit, credit limits. That is a loan. That is credit that's been extended to us. We have to repay personal loans, lines of credits, mortgages, etc. Right? If we borrow and we don't repay, we're out of order. But we all could use some forgiveness, right? We all get in a position where forgiveness of a debt that we have would be helpful. Okay? We all want that. I know I do, and I'll speak for myself. So here's the thing. Um, you know what? <laughs> we could be offered a forgiveness plan. But let me talk about the, let me tell you how you get on that forgiveness plan. Um, as it relates to this biblical principle. You have to have been in a space where you were willing to forgive a debtor unto you. That's number one. If you have, like I said, zero for having forgiven debts unto you, then zero will stay on the scoreboard for debts that that were forgiven for you. Okay? Does that make sense? So, because you know what, guys? And then in the natural things, there are forgiveness programs. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of them, but I know that there's forgiveness programs out there for student loans. Um, and other types of debt too that I've heard about forgiveness programs, rehabilitation programs and all of this stuff. But guess what? A lot of them are not known. They don't advertise them and all of this stuff. But when you are a person that has chosen to forgive someone who has 
has a debt unto you or someone who has betrayed you or offended you or whatever, you will qualify. Not only will you qualify in the spirit, not only will you qualify because God says so, because he says that if you forgive, I forgive your sins. And then my ears are open to hear what it is that you have need of. And then I'm going to do it because you believe that you receive it. And I'm going to do it because you're my righteous. You're in right standing with me. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're forgiven of your sins. But you're going to qualify because God's favor is going to be in that application. God's favor is going to be with you when the decision maker says, okay, let me look over your paperwork. Let me look. Let me see if you qualify for this forgiveness program. Okay. When were you in school? What school was it? How much? Whatever those qualifiers are, guess what? You're going to make the cut because you did first things first. Okay. I want you to keep that in mind. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole load of financial principles and, you know, prosperity teaching, because I tell you what, forgiveness is, is not only is it a principle, it has to be a way of life. Um, And not only does it, does it, you know, cause us to um, be forgiven and be able to, you know, live in a blessed life because God hears our prayers. Um, but it causes us to prosper too. Um, because God can bless us and he can do the things that he wants to do in our lives, but that might be the next podcast. Okay. But I said something earlier and that is a lesson that I do want to share about forgiveness. And I'll just touch on it. I said that forgiveness is not for them. It is for you. And Um, I say that because I know it sounds a little selfish and self-centered, but listen, it's actually necessary to understand, honestly, like I know for me, it was helpful for me to understand that forgiveness was for me and not for them. Because once I understood that, then it actually, um, helped me. (laughs) It helped me get to a place where, I actually could choose to forgive someone because if someone betrayed me, offended me, or, you know, did something hurtful to me or anybody that I care about, honestly, um, like my children or things like that, um, it was a little difficult for me to take my attention off of that person. And I felt like forgiving them was, was something that they didn't deserve. Like, you don't deserve my forgiveness, you know, after, you know, this wickedness that you've done to me or this, this, this hurtful thing that you've done to me or whatever. You don't deserve it. So when I realized and understood the principle of forgiveness on another level and that the forgiveness was not for them, but it was actually for me. Because in order for me to be forgiven, and I knew that I needed forgiveness, I knew, I I knew and I know, okay, that I need forgiveness, that I needed God to forgive me, that I know that I might find myself in a situation where I need someone else that I'm in relationship with to forgive me, right? My children, my, my mate, you know, a friend, a loved one or whatever. And when I begin to understand that, and that the only way that I can count on ever being forgiven is by choosing to forgive, then it helped me. 
And so it's necessary for us to understand that initially because that helps us get us over that hump where we can get in a place where we choose to forgive, right? Because forgiveness is definitely a choice, okay? It's definitely a choice because basically we have choices, guys. We have choices for everything that we do. We can choose to hold on. We can choose to try to repay and get back and pay back. We can choose to remain bitter and mad and angry. Um, We can. We can choose all of those things. We have a right to do that. Okay, we have a right because let's just face it. A lot of times when we're feeling those ways and something has been done to us, it's it's justified, right? It is justified. Anybody who has any level of understanding or could see or whatever would agree that, you know, that was wrong what was done to you or it was awful or it was hurtful or whatever or they could see the harm that it caused or whatever and so there are people that wouldn't even be mad at you for you know trying to get the person back or being bitter or being mad they wouldn't I get it <laughs> I get it. It, it, it it's real but here's how it works we remember that forgiveness is not for them it's for us so we make a choice Okay, we make a choice. This is how it works. Now, again, um, I don't want to get into we're talking about the principle of forgiving and being forgiven. But, you know, I wanted to drop this quick nugget because. Listen, forgiveness is so important, guys. Your healing or your feelings of anger, etc., or whatever, won't even begin to happen. Your healing won't begin to happen. And those feelings won't even um, dissipate. They won't even begin to dissipate until you make the choice to forgive, right? So, because here's the thing, and we've all have heard this too. The worst thing is when you're walking around feeling hurt, feeling angry, feeling sick, you know, and that person the betrayer, the, the the one who, you know, has done wrong, they're just living their life. It looks like they're living their best life. I mean, that's a whole nother lesson. They not necessarily, but that's not any of our business, okay? What is our business is that in order for the healing for, to begin or those feelings to, to um, disappear and go away, we got to make the choice right away to forgive. So... I say, this is why um, today I want to just tell you that making a choice to forgive literally at the moment of the betrayal, right? Or the, 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 the moment you uncover, you know, what has been done. Cause sometimes it's something that is real time happening. And then sometimes it's something that you find out about. Like the best practice is to, at that moment, before you do anything else, before you respond, before you do anything else, you make a declaration. I forgive the person, the situation. I release it. I release it to God right now and I forgive them. I release it to God right now and I and I and I forgive. And you can call out their name, you can call out the situation that has happened and I release it because God has called me to 
forgive. I release it because I need to be forgiven. I release it right now. I forgive them. And here's the thing. When you say that at that very moment, before you respond or say or do anything else, you might not really feel like, you know, what you're saying. You might not feel like it. You might not feel it, guys, but it's not about feelings all the time. I want you to understand that. But when you say it out of your mouth, it's going to get down in your heart and it's going to grab a hold. And once you keep saying it and once you say it and you make that declaration, God is going to start moving on your behalf. And like I said, the healing is going to begin right then and there in that space. And then he's going to tell you how to continue, how to proceed moving forward so that you can keep working through it. Okay. But the main thing is that you're staying in a position. Okay. Because remember, forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. The main thing is that you're staying in a position where you can be forgiven right? That's the why. Okay. That's the why. If you don't make the choice right away, you're going to get sucked in to one, replaying the betrayal in your mind over and over again, which is where the bitterness and the anger builds up. You know, the Bible tells us that we can be angry, but sin not. The only way for us not to sin if we're angry is if we, you know, get rid of it. If we get rid of the anger quickly. Because if we stay in the anger, oh, baby, let me tell you, it's going to lead to sin. Don't let me hold you up. It is going to lead to sin. Very seldom can we rehearse a betrayal or an offense in our mind and still, um, you know, stay, stay on the up and up. Let me just call it that. Very seldom. So you don't want to rehearse that thing. Holding on to the unforgiveness is going to put you in a place of walking out of love. That's another principle, right? You know, all of it is relative. And so being in a place of walking out of love and in, 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 in unforgiveness, that's a problem. It's a problem because here's the thing. Two things. One we're out of love. We're, 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 we're out of love. Our love walk is messed up and God is love. So that's a problem. Okay. We're not <clears throat> forgiving, which means we're not being forgiven, which means if we're not being forgiven, then we're still in our sins. Because the fact of the matter is, is that yes. And I'm talking to people who have accepted Christ. They call themselves Christians or whatever. I'm, pe- I'm speaking to people who may have not done that yet. Right but they know God or whatever. I'm just talking to everybody right now. Um, And the fact of the matter is, is that even though you may have accepted Christ or whatever daily, just like we have to crucify our flesh daily, we have to examine ourselves to make sure that we are still free, that we are still free of sin. Because the thing is, every man has sinned. Every man has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. That's what the word says. And so we're not talking about the sin that came down to us from Adam. Okay. We're talking about after we know better, after just in this life, in this walk, we commit sins. And so we, we, we are in a constant state of needing to be forgiven. Okay. Not that we're just going around sinning, but the fact of the matter is, is that we never want to be out of a position to receive forgiveness because both of those places, walking out of love guys and holding on to unforgiveness are positions 
that are the worst case scenario, okay, that you can be in when you need God to move on your behalf. Okay, you need God to move on your behalf. You need God to hear you. You need a move of God. You are believing God for something. If you are in a space of holding on to unforgiveness and walking out of love, you have just tied his hands. And yes, God is the spirit and he's all knowing and he's wonderful and he's magnificent and he can do anything and nothing is too big for him. And with God, all things are possible. Without God, you know, nothing is possible. Yes, and amen. However, God is moved and activated by our faith and obedience. And so if we are out of love and God is love, then we are out of him. Okay, if we're not walking in love and if we're angry and we're in sin and we're bitter and we are holding a grudge we are walking out of love with someone else. If we're holding on to unforgiveness, God cannot move on your behalf and he cannot hear you. The first scripture that we looked at in Mark shared that about when we pray in Mark 11. So you don't want to be in that position is my point. Okay. You don't want to find yourself in that position. Okay, so guys, I, I did not want to preach about forgiveness. I just wanted to look at the principle, but I tell you, I knew it when I when when this topic even came to me that it was going to be pretty heavy because forgiveness is one of those topics. It's pretty heavy. And I didn't want to do an injustice by not sharing those principles with you guys. Okay. And in, in those nuggets that I shared outside of just the principle of activating forgiveness in your life. Okay. So the other scriptures, I want to take a look at those and then we're going to wrap up. I want to take a look at Ephesians 4 and we're going to look at we'll look at this in the NLT in Ephesians 4:32 is what I shared with you guys earlier. So let's see. I tell you what. I don't know why my computer is just probably moving the slowest I've ever seen it move this evening. So Ephesians 4 and 32. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about how we forgive, which we already talked about, and who we forgive. Okay, so I think you guys get the how part. But who? Because I know for me, I used to believe that, okay, well, listen, there's just some people who don't deserve forgiveness. I mean, that's just what it is. Do you know what they've done? Do you understand what they've done? Do you understand what they've caused? Like, there has to be. Like, God even has to think that, okay, a person that does that, they don't deserve forgiveness. Like, I literally used to think like that. 
I'm here to say I don't think like that anymore. And I know better because the fact of the matter is, is that God does not think that. And so we ought to not think that because God is available to forgive everyone. God loves everyone. Everybody doesn't love God. Everybody doesn't, you know, want to walk according to God's principles. And, and that's okay too. He's still ready and willing and waiting for if they decide to change their mind, if they decide to change who they are, if they decide to come and ask for forgiveness, he's still willing to accept them. So I'm like, okay, I guess. All right. So let's look at Ephesians four and we will, um, look at 32. So it says, well, you know what? Let's look, let's start at 31. Okay. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay. So that's good. What do we have to put away? Bitterness, wrath, anger, evil speaking. Put all of that away. Malice, put it away. Because I promise you, if we stay there long enough, we're going to find ourselves in sin. Okay? And then it says, be kind to one another. So we can't be out here trying to repay folk. And then it says, forgiving one another. Even, and it reminds us, even as God in Christ forgave you. Because that's what he did, y'all. Okay? That is what he did. Um, and then real quickly... I want to look at Colossians 3, 13. Colossians 3 and 13. I tell you, what's so cool about all of these scriptures and when you guys read them for yourselves, you're going to see what I'm talking about. Ephesians 4, 32, Colossians 3 and 13. And then the last one, we're going to look at Matthew um, after 12, which we already looked at, we'll look at 6, 14 and 15. Like you could like read all of them together and it would sound like it's one scripture um, on how to forgive and who to forgive. That's the way I look at it. Like if you read all three of them together, but there's all three different um, books. Okay. So... Let's see. Okay, so I'm looking at... Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm doing. I said Colossians 3 and 13, right? I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know why my computer is moving so slow, but it is. So I apologize. I really do. All right, make allowance. This is Colossians 3 and 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Period. With a T. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That is crystal clear. I don't think it could get any clearer. Okay. Bottom line, guys, notice how the word is always reminding us that we were forgiven and that we simply have to forgive because of it. So it says, forgive those that offend you. Okay, forgive those that offend you. All right. And then the last one is going to be Matthew 6, 
and we're going to look at 14 through 15. So 14 through 15 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Whoa. Okay. That's heavy. So think about those three scriptures. I want you to meditate on them in your time in the word Ephesians 4, 32, Colossians 3 and 13, Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Put them all together. It tells us how we have to forgive and the how is immediately. How immediately. Remember that declaration, make it at the point of the offense. Who? We have to forgive one another. We have to forgive those that have sinned against you. We have to forgive those that have betrayed you. We have to forgive those that offended you in me. Though that's who though. And, and that goes for other people too, because I know we can, we can hurt just as bad when somebody has done those things, sinned against, betrayed, offended, hurt, you know, someone who we love or care about our children, our spouse. So though that's who we have to forgive that, that covers everybody. Okay. Um, I want to quantify, right? Quantify <laughs> this forgiven, forgiveness. I, I, I'm sorry. I forgot to share that. I did have one other scripture and that was Matthew 18, 21 and 22. And this was when Peter was talking to Jesus. Okay. I'm not going to try to go to it, but here's the deal. Peter was talking to Jesus. He said, all right, Lord, so how many times do I have to uh, forgive someone who, you know, offended me seven, um, seven times, right? And the, <laughs> the Lord said, um, no, 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 no. Try 7D times seven. 7D times seven times in a day. Okay. That's 490 times in a day. So a person could offend you 490 times in one day. And the only time you get to choose not to forgive them is if they did it 491 times. Okay. Explore it guys. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. And it's not, it's like, whoa, that's a big order. But guess what? What's the chances of somebody actually doing something to you 490 times a day. But at the end of the day, Jesus made it very clear. So we can't choose, oh, well, you know, this, that's it. This is the third time that they did this to me. I'm not forgiving them this time. We can't choose that. We can't make that choice. Okay. Um, however, and that's a lesson for another day. God does want us to use wisdom just because we forgive and we got to choose to forgive. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to maintain relationships that cause us harm. Okay. Keep that in mind. We'll talk about that another time. All right. So this is it. I'm, I'm, I, I you know, I'm going to wrap up. I want you guys, I hope this blessed you. I hope that you took something away from it. You know what it is. I'm going to have to give you a challenge. So I challenge you, if there's someone that you're holding on um, un to unforgiveness um, for, and you haven't chosen yet to forgive them, choose now, right now. As soon as you finish listening to this podcast, make a declaration that you forgive them, period, and then let it go. Give it back to God and tell God, I'm doing this because I need to be forgiven. I'm doing this because you have called me to do this. 
make that choice. Um, and then I challenge those who, you know, have already chosen to forgive. Go a step further. Call that person, see that person and tell them that you've forgiven them. Right. Go up another level in your forgiveness. And then those that, you know, you don't have anybody that you have a grudge against or anything like that. I just want you to share this, share this principle with somebody else because you might not, but you know somebody who does. Okay. So encourage them to forgive them, to make that choice to forgive. And you already know, I want to hear back. I I love feedback. I want to hear back. I want to hear some messages. Send me a message. Leave me a message about the podcast, about your challenge, about, you know, what forgiveness has done for you, means to you. Or if this is a whole new principle that you've never even thought about exploring, I want to hear that too. Ask questions, right? Um... You know, I don't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do. So next week, I'll start off by sharing, you know, my experience or whatever I have to share. And we'll dive into another principle, guys. I mean, I could probably do another week on forgiveness, to be honest. But um, and then I also want to hear that if you want to hear something specific, if you want to talk about a certain principle or something that, you know, you're like, oh, I see this in the Bible or God says this or, you know, and and I'm kind of struggling with that or I don't understand like really how to walk that out. Let me know. Send me a message and we'll talk about it. Okay. So until next week, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate your time and listening. Remember, you can check the principal's office out on all the popular podcast platforms and also go ahead and follow my Instagram at good stuff underscore period with a T. So G-O-O-D-S-T-U-F-F underscore period. The word spelled out P-E-R-O-P-E-R-I-O-D-T as in time. Good stuff underscore period. Follow that on Instagram Um, I have good stuff (laughs) on that page, but it's also tied into the principal's office. So, um, and then you can follow my, um, personal, um, Facebook at just Anika Nero at Facebook. I mean, not at, at Facebook, but Anika Nero on Facebook. Um, if you want, but take care. That's all I have for you guys this week. Have a great week. Great, great, great week. And come back to the principal's office where you get good stuff.